Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Again, Trent on vacation, back with us a, a next Wednesday. It's almost got by me one week from tonight, folks. Football will be on our television screens. How about that? I don't care if it's the Hall of Fame game I'm watching, and I know a lot of you will be betting. Vinny Iyer joins me to talk about the NFL. We'll talk about the Locked On Network, too, the podcast that Vinny does. He's into the fantasy football hosting that uh, podcast. Vinny, Ken Miller, uh, thanks as always, Vinny, for coming on. How you been? Uh, doing well, guys. Uh, appreciate uh, having me back on. Appreciate you coming on, Vinny. You know, listen, fantasy question first. Um, biggest mistake fantasy players are making now, and I know this painting with a pretty uh, broad brush. Um, what do you think? Is that is that locked in on a certain position, a certain guy? What should fantasy guys be doing right now as the calendar moves into August? Well, I think the biggest thing is uh, don't weigh what happened last year too much and just say, okay, this guy did this, that. Last year, he's going to do this again this year, whether it's positive or negative. And we know the outcomes vary from season to season. And another thing I'll say is don't overthink the number one overall pick. It is still Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Look at all the other running backs up yeah. there. They have injury issues. Everyone, every single one. This is a guy that doesn't miss practice. And he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. He's the number one pick. I don't care what league you're playing, standard, half point, full point. So don't overthink that and don't assume everyone's going to uh, duplicate last year's performance, except for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he won't. I think he'll improve on it. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, because uh, what, he's going to be. Go ahead. I was just going to say because why? What what makes you say that? I think the touchdown spike is likely coming, and then mm-hmm. he's a guy that can score quite a bit in the red zone. They don't have a lot of options in the red zone in Indianapolis. He's going to get the ball inside the the ten pretty. Frequently here, the other option would be Michael Pittman, a big body there at wide receiver. But they're undergoing transition to other places. He's the only back that makes sense to give the ball to in deep. And I think his reception total can go up. And he's one of those guys, you know, in the back of the day, we know some uh, league-winning seasons in fantasy football, Damian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes. We know some of these seasons, Marshall Falk. That type of season could be on... Mm tap here for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are expected to win a lot more games as well that and be a front runner in that division and that's going to help and the division is very weak we know that I'm with you so let's stay there do you like I feel the Tennessee is about to come back to the pack a little bit that it will be the Colts when it's all said and done that do uh, come out of the south as the division champ yeah I lean that way right now there's a lot of questions about Tennessee and just how healthy is Derrick Henry going to be coming back from the foot injury, missing half the season? You have Ryan Tannehill kind of fading quickly. The offense, Malik Willis, kind of on standby there. So are they going to undergo a major transition? Do you trust anything in their defense at this point? I think Indy has the highest floor in the division just with their defense and their running game. Jacksonville is basically starting from scratch again with Trevor Lawrence. you got the Texans. Also another coaching change after one and done. Hmm. So... I, I don't see 
how the Colts can lose this division, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to win this division. So uh, let's let's go to the AFC East, where clearly the Bills are the deserved favorite. Boy, uh, Tyreek Hill keeps uh, building up his quarterback. There's a lot of pressure. There was going to be a lot of pressure on Tua this year to perform. I think there's more so with him. I, I love their new head coach, right? If nothing else, just to watch his press conferences. He's appointment TV in Mike McDaniel. Where are you on the Dolphins this year, Vinny? Yeah, this is an interesting team. I think they have a wide range of outcomes. Uh, they're right now favored to be the second-place team behind the Bills. Bills are one of the heavy favorites you'll find in any division here just to take in. They should. I mean, they're Super Bowl favorite as well. They're the team with the best odds to win the Super Bowl. So when you look at that, the Dolphins, what concerns me is, is their defense going to hold up and do what it needs to do? You have a lot of changes on offense. You upgraded the offensive line, Turner Armstead and uh, Connor Williams are there. But what do you get from Chase Edmonds out of the backfield? How does Tyreek Hill coexist with Jalen Waddell? How does that work? These two targets working with Tua. There's a big question about Tua. So I look at the Jets. I think that's another team that has improved significantly in a lot of areas. If, if you look at deep dive into their team offensively, they're pretty loaded right now. They've got a good line as well. Their defense will have their influence of Robert Sala. So interesting that everyone's kind of on the Dolphins and the buzz there. But the Jets, I mean, it really comes down to Zach Wilson or Tua. Who do you trust a little bit more mm. here that we haven't seen enough from? And I, there's something about Wilson I really like. I think he's just a bit <laughs> kind of swagger yeah. ific a little bit. And, and that's what you need in New York to be successful. I mean, Eli Manning did it in a different way where he kind of had fun and he could joke off and he was Teflon. The media couldn't do anything to rattle him. So I think Zach Wilson might be the same. I mean, he had a very interesting, controversial story I won't talk about. Right. But the Jets almost embraced that. And yes, they Zach did. And Wilson did, too. So so, I mean, to not let that fluster you says something about young quarterback. No doubt about it. So, let's do our regional teams here, Vinny. Of course, uh, you went to Northwestern. You know they are the Bears, the Packers, uh, the Vikings, uh, and the Chiefs. Let's start with the Packers, who uh, the beat goes on, right? As long as Aaron Rodgers is there, we believe that this is clearly the team to beat. Um, Alan Lazard, local kid, grew up here in Urbandale, a, a suburb of Des Moines, played his college football is at Iowa State. Uh, there were the got a bunch of guys that are not going to be there for training camp. Tanyan Watson and Watkins, uh, David Bakhtiari. We don't know when, when he's going to get back. They lose some pieces on defense. Are they still, without a doubt, the team to beat in the NFC North in your mind? Yeah, they are for now, I would say. I mean, they've been the 13-win team consistently here with Matt LaFleur, and that's why they figure they could move Devontae Adams. Is Devontae Adams the reason they weren't winning and breaking through? No. It is maybe looking at just finishing off these close, tight games and maybe getting a little bit better defense and clutch moments. So that's really what it comes down to. I think the Packers realize, look, we're still in a good position to win 11 or 12 games without doing anything here, and we have a good shot to maybe get 13. It really just comes down to the tournament and executing in the playoffs. And the Bears uh, starting all over with a new Mm -hmm. coach, uh, Justin Fields, trying to get right here in, in the offense there. Uh, you look at the Lions, there's a lot of interesting buzz about the Lions, Dan Campbell and what he's selling. They're going to be on hard knock, Yep. and uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. But then you have the Vikings, who a lot of people think they're going to make the playoffs, but when you look at the Vikings, it just uh, comes down to Kirk Cousins 
how far can he push them? And even had an interesting comment from the GM yes. where uh, <laughs> he's questioning how good his quarterback is. That's not usually a good sign. So I think they're expecting more things out of the offense because the defense still rebuilding and also new coach situation. So a lot of things change around that division where the Packers have very limited. When you look at Devontae Adams, yeah, that's a change. But the Vikings and, and Bears have new coaches. The Lions are trying to embrace a new mentality. So the Packers are status quo in this division until we see the drastic results of the other teams. We're not going to feel that way. So I think Kevin O'Connell, I'm intrigued by what mm-hmm. he can do with the Vikings offense. So I can see them sneaking as a wild card. I think that will be their biggest uh, goal right now is to sneak in sixth or seventh spot in the NFC. But Packers still the favorite to win the division. I don't think Lions and Bears are quite here quite there yet. So let me let me follow up on O'Connell, the new head coach of the Vikings. Uh, and the Vikings, I think, did a pretty good job of keeping this under wraps. I mean, we saw the shove on the sidelines between Zimmer and Cousins last year, and we were told that's just how they celebrate. Well, we come to find out the last couple of days that there was no love lost between the head coach and the quarterback. An offensive-minded coach there now, uh, as opposed to a defensive brilliant mind in Mike Zimmer. Does Cousins, I mean, he has to take a step forward. Does he have a I mean, is he capable of doing that in your mind, Vinny? I think Cousins is pretty good. I think we've seen what he can do. I think he falls out of the tier of those elite quarterbacks. And I actually put him in the same class as Matthew Stafford. People want to put Stafford in the Hall of Fame. But Stafford led the league in interceptions last year. He threw two interceptions in the Super Bowl. The Rams won that Super Bowl because of defense, and we know that. So I think he's in that Stafford... Derek Carr range where, yeah, they're going to be good if the supporting cast works out, but they can make some boneheaded mistakes, let you down in the bigger games that that keeps them away from the top-tier quarterbacks. And yeah, quite frankly, they're also limited in a very key element now with that plus is being able to move. You look at the top-tier, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. <laughs> These mm. guys can throw on the run with an absolute cannon. They can also... Uh, run and take off and make some plays that way, they're absolutely super efficient. You don't trust them or you don't believe that they're going to make a mistake in a key moment at this point. So I think that's what separates the truly elite quarterbacks who mostly are young, and then you throw in Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady with them. And then from these next tier of guys, they're in the class of pretty good, but still you question, is this a guy that I can win a championship with? Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News where he covers the NFL Locked On Network is where you can hear him doing uh, his podcast on fantasy football. Vinny, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Let's go to the AFC West. Uh, in a lot of people's mind, mine included, the most difficult uh, division top to bottom. Uh, Chiefs have owned it. Chiefs have owned it over the last few years. Do they still? Are you buying the Chargers? Russell Wilson's there now. We forget the Raiders actually finished second in this division, yet no one is giving them any love, and I love what they did this offseason. Help me out with the AFC West. Unfortunately, the one of these teams doesn't play in the AFC South. Right. <laughs> you can't win that division. Um, or you throw them maybe in the AFC North. One of these teams could win that um, with the way things have played out with those four teams. So I, it's interesting. I think I like the Chiefs to repeat right now, they're the most stable of these teams. The Chargers, I would say, are next, and Herbert is doing things that we haven't seen a quarterback do in his first two seasons. So, it's getting the other things to come through, and you get Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. You figure with Brandon Staley, 
that defense is going to bump up a notch for Joey Bosa also as an anchor and, and other players. So you figure the Chargers have some upside here, with the, and that's why you're the favorite. The odds are with the Chiefs and Chargers right now. I think the biggest question of the Raiders is their defense and how does uh, Derek Carr respond in the Josh McDaniels offense. Even though he's got Devontae Adams, it's still a, a mastering a new style of offense here that's a little bit more complicated. So there's that concern with the Raiders, and I think the concern of the Broncos, is there too much new stuff going on here? Mm-hmm. New coach, new quarterback. Do they have any defensive punch anymore? I think they're going to lose that without Vic Fangio. They're going to try to rely too much on offense until you do a 180 there from what they've had. I don't know if you can count on that. Russell Wilson has been fading a little bit. Their wide receivers can stay healthy last year. So I'm wondering if you'll see the same type of Broncos team, a little bit run-oriented, but not get the same level of defense. And it would be, I think considered a massive disappointment that the Broncos finished in fourth place after getting Russell Wilson, but it is also a massive uh, potential reality here, given the way this division was last season. Uh, why aren't the, uh, not again, it, the history says that the runner-up in the Super Bowl seldom gets back there and takes that uh, takes that necessary step that they were unable to do last year. But this Bengal team, I mean, this time last year, we weren't sure what Joe Burrow was going to look like, right, when he came back. I know he just did, what did he have, an appendix I think he had out this week? He had some kind of minor procedure, but he's going to miss a little bit of time. I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. Why aren't the Bengals in a division that we don't know who's going to pay court, play quarterback at Cleveland. Pittsburgh seems as though they're headed in the wrong direction, at least for now. Uh, they got a young quarterback in Pickett and a, and a, re, a reclamation project at Trubisky. Baltimore's Baltimore. They're going to be tough. But why are Cincinnati? Nobody seems to uh, be picking the Bengals uh, to go anywhere this year. Is it because of history? No, I do like the Bengals. I, I just think I like the Ravens a little bit more. I think they, you look at the Ravens' secondary, they've done some things to improve there. They've completed, in my mind, the defensive rebuild quicker than expected. And then offensively, though, all they have to do is stay healthy. They upgraded their offensive line. If they get J.K. Dobbins back, Rashad Bateman, I think, is a legit number one receiver, and that's why they thought they could move Marquise Brown. I think he also fits what they want to do a little bit better at the intermediate passing game with Mark Andrews. So, when you look at that, I think the Ravens should be considered a favorite, and they are when you look at the odds. The Bengals are right there with them. And you're right. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get from the Browns until this Deshaun Watson suspension is handed down, and that, I don't know if they can eke out enough wins with Jacoby Brissett needing to start significant games to get in the playoffs. And then the Steelers, you don't know who their quarterback is going to be between Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and maybe even Mason Rudolph is getting mm. shot. Who knows? So I, I don't think you can go there. So, yeah, the quarterbacks are the answers here. If you feel great about the quarterback and you know you have a special player there, you're always going to have a shot at the Super Bowl. I think Joe Burrow has brought Cincinnati to that level where Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland are still trying to figure that out. And uh, Baltimore, we know, is fine with uh, Lamar Jackson, even though people keep trying to bring down Lamar Jackson. I think it's amusing to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Questioning Lamar, what he does. He's won an MVP, folks, and he's right. very special. And the offense is tailored to him, and all the strengths are there for him to keep being successful and get paid big time. So uh, I, it's, it's amazing. I've never seen an MVP quarterback just treated with such yep. little respect in this league. Yeah, and he's practicing. He's doing so without that extension that uh, that he wants. A couple more, Vinny. We'll let you go. Uh, Trey Lance is the guy in, in San Francisco. Is he up to this? I think the system is excellent, and that's the one thing people 
have to understand here is like Trey Lance doesn't have to do a lot to be successful in this Kyle Shanahan offense. I mean, it is very quarterback friendly with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. These are guys that can make things happen off short passes. You're going to have that consistency in the zone blocking running game. You're going to get Elijah Mitchell seeing a lot of running lanes. And so you can run the ball effectively, open things up, good offensive line. That's going to help your quarterback. You got weapons who can be schemed open and horizontally and vertically. So, again, if Trey Lance was in another system, you're thinking, okay, this, maybe this, some of this arm stuff is going to come back to, to bite him this year as a first-year starting quarterback, but he's in the 49ers system, and you have to trust you know what they're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been pretty successful here uh, plugging in Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think that, that's what you have to look at. It. Uh, sometimes – it's uh, the right marriage of quarterback and system, and that's why you look at Zach Wilson, similar system there with the Jets I mentioned. I trust that system a little bit more right now to help Wilson than it might help Tua Taivola. So you have to look at that as well and bringing along a young quarterback. And uh, Joe Burrow is a great example. I think he fit in the right place, and you saw him uh, deliver. And uh, Justin Herbert, after a different type of offense in year one, I think he's in that place already going forward, Joe Lombardi. Uh, last thing for you, Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. He's going to compete with Sam Darnold. I think he got a, uh, maybe not a rod deal, but he's professional sports after all, and he was very well compensated. Uh, and so I have to keep that in mind. But when he wasn't injured, he put up really good numbers. I, I think that he's being written off prematurely. Uh, he's still young after all. Uh, probably needed to change his scenery, which, which he now has. It's going to be difficult to get thrust into that new system as late as he did. What do you expect out of Baker Mayfield this year? Well, Baker Mayfield is still falls in that category of dependent quarterback, and that's, that's who the guys in the middle tier are. I mean, they need some support. They need the receivers. They need the protection. They need some help from their defense to look better than the, that's the Stafford Carr Cousins type player. And if Mayfield can get to that level and rebound there, that's not bad. And you can win some games with him, but he's a dependent quarterback. And the fact that the running game has to work, the offensive line has to work. They have to scheme up their uh, receivers. Well, now I'm not sure that the Panthers have that style of offense that can make him comfortable. They're going to try with Ben McAdoo, but again, the Browns had a perfect situation with Stefanski and, that system and some of the things that were going on there, he just kind of hit the wall with his injury and just kind of lost uh, uh, some confidence there. And the coaching staff probably forced him into a tough situation with a shoulder. So it, it's uh, it's tough. I think Baker's still a middle-tier quarterback to me at best. I think you can win with him, but this is definitely a chance to reprove himself here and show that he can be a little bit more than that as the number one overall pick. Uh, Vinny Iyer, Locked On Network. Oh, Vinny, how often do you do that podcast uh, on fantasy? Well, if you're tuned in June, it was only a few days a week. But <laughs> right. now July is over, and uh, we ramped it up. So August, guess what? It'll be five days a week. So we don't do it too long every day, but just enough for you to uh, dive in. And right now we're finishing up our look at all 32 teams. Just have a couple teams left. Uh, Got to discuss the Chargers and Raiders. So. But enough for the last uh, couple teams we're going to discuss. So if you missed any of those previews, check them out. And uh, we're going to go forward and look at rankings and mock drafts and things you need to know to dominate your draft by the end of August. Good stuff, Vinny. Thanks for doing this, Vinny. I will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate you coming on. Yep.
Thank yep, you, Vinny. Yep, good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer, uh, maybe our smartest guest. This is a three-time Jeopardy champion. <laughs> Pretty good. Right on his uh, Twitter, uh, Jeopardy champion and loser. He That's how he describes himself. Well, he did lose and uh, uh, in game number four for him. Uh, folks, yesterday we told you, well, we have been all week, actually, about the uh, Raccoon, Valley, Raccoon Valley Little League Charity Classic uh, that's coming up on the 14th of August. They're looking for volunteers over there uh, at the Raccoon Valley Little League. A lot of folks... Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, participated in that, uh, volunteered some of their time, uh, but uh, when the pandemic hit and we all got older during that uh, period of time, they, they would, they need to replenish their volunteers. They've also got a fundraiser golf tournament coming up. It's uh, at Willow Creek. It happens on August the 14th. If you played or if you had a child in the Raccoon Valley Little League or a grandchild you want to play in this classic, uh, August the 14th is the date's an 18 hole scramble. At Willow Creek, slots are filling up. More information, uh, you can go to rvllclassic at gmail or or call uh, Ross Edwards. He's the uh, the coach behind this. His number is five one five. 864-8282. Pretty easy number. 864-8282. Want to volunteer? You can find information on that at the website, uh, Raccoon Valley Little League, or uh, 864-8282. More information on that or the golf tournament. Time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, you can enter this contest. It's nationwide by entering the keyword Bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Your chance to win a grand. From the NFL game to the college game, Bill Bender, Sporting News Next, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, just past 11.30, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Uh, Trent is on vacation. He's, got, he's back with us next Wednesday. Bill Bender was busy, along with a number of the other Big Ten media, national media, made their way to Indianapolis uh, Tuesday and Wednesday to cover Big Ten media days. He recaps with us. Bill Ken, good to talk to you, Bill Bender. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on. Just real quick before we get into that, I know you retweeted the, uh, the Detroit's Mount Rushmore of uh, of sports. Boy, oh boy, hard to pick a fight with any of Al Kaline, Barry Saunders, Isaiah Thomas, and Mr. Hockey. What a group. That was a fun story to put together. You know, Detroit uh, up the road from me. I've got buddies that root for all these teams. Mitch Album and Bob Wojnowski and Johnny Kane, a guy that covers the Tigers and went to college with me. I mean, they shared okay. some wonderful stories. I think the one I learned the most about Ken was probably um, Gordy Howe. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge hockey guy, but the stories about Gordy Howe and the longevity and mm-hmm. everything he meant to that city were really amazing. No, it really and truly was. He was uh, unbelievable. A picture, if you can find it, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, Wayne Gretzky is a young kid. Uh, on, was he on Gordy Howe's lap or he was standing beside him anyways? Two of the greatest uh, ever played. But let's talk some college football, shall we? Bill, you were in Indianapolis. I thought Kevin Warren really set the tone for that uh, for media days. And, and, I mean, correct me if you think I was wrong, but when he talked about the the disruption in college athletics were in year two of a three to five year window. Boy, that gets people's attention. Certainly got mine. Yeah, I mean, there's 
changes across the game. They've been aggressive. They've uh, certainly made it interesting. Uh, you know, I think one of those things that the expansion talk was out there, the 16-team playoff talk was out there. But, man, I mean, last year, Ken, we were questioning the leadership. Now yeah. you're looking at the Big Ten, and they're in a position of strength. And I look for that to continue whether under Kevin Warren. So it's, he's not the most exciting press conference. Mm-hmm. But uh, getting the job done right now. Sure seems like 16 is the magic number. Alvarez echoed uh, what Warren had said. Apparently Sankey at SEC Media Days uh, the week before he mentioned it. Does it seem like uh, that the college football powers bill are zeroing in as, as 16 is the number once we get to expansion? What I, They're either doing that to A, they want, or B, or just throwing it out there and seeing what the trial balloon looks like. And I think 12 is a better number, I think. But if they're selling 16, I think they could sell it in the right way, especially in those two conferences, because the SEC and the Big Ten would stand to gain the most in terms of teams in the playoff. Um, it's just this continual pushback of the traditional college football fan doesn't want to see two and three lost teams in the playoffs. And, and to them, I have to say, it's not going to matter what you want at some point because this is probably what's going to happen. Yep, I I agree with you. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News is our guest. Bill, let's look at the West before we go East, where obviously Ohio State is an overwhelming favorite uh, to to win the East. What were some of your takeaways listening to the coaches uh, of teams uh, from the Big Ten West? Anything resonate with you from a Big Ten West coach or players? Sure. I mean, we, I was in on Nebraska early. Obviously, it's a, a very interesting season for the Huskers in terms of what they're going to need to get done. Um, you know, they can't go three and nine. They can't lose nine games by nine points or less. They've got a new offensive coordinator. It feels like an all-in year. Um, no, other than that, it's the typical Iowa-Wisconsin teams. It's not, to me, they should be the biggest proponents of a 12 to 16 team playoff because they're getting worn out in the championship game by the East champion. But it doesn't mean that they, and how many of them trying to count my head, at least three of them defeated when they got there. Mm -hmm. And then they get beaten and see you settle for a a bowl game that Iowa comes to mind the year they lost to Michigan state. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Then they were unbeaten when they got to that point and, uh, what a game that was. Uh, so let's, um, let's, let's go to the East. Bill, what I learned is, look, it's Ohio State, and then I want to pick your brain on Michigan. I'm surprised that they have a quarterback battle there, and by all accounts, it is a legitimate quarterback battle, including McNamara, who led them to a 12-win season, but it's not, it's not necessarily going to be his job. What I learned about Penn State is, boy, there's a lot of people really high on these two freshman running backs. Uh, I thought that they were clearly the third best team in the East preseason uh, before listening to the stuff that came out of Indianapolis, but those two running backs made me you know question my decision what did you hear when you listened to big 10 east uh head coaches or players uh you know they're there and i like michigan state you know i think you know they get they got mel tucker's impressive on the podium i like his you know they flashy on twitter but from what you gather from some of his players he's pretty no nonsense and he's learned from the best and when you're paid like him i think it's pretty good i mean Mm -hmm. I did get a lot of Jim Harbaugh repeating answers. Yeah. Which you've, you've been in a couple of those uh-huh. where 
He's got like a unique ability to press the button in his brain where it's the same response every time. Um, and Ohio State obviously drew a crowd. I think it really revolves around them. I mean, I don't want to say there's a resignation to it, but, man, you're going to have to go play three of the ten best offensive players in the country. Their defense is going to be better. They're at home for the tough. You got Iowa and Wisconsin at home. Mm-hmm. I, I totally forgot about that until I looked at it this morning. So every one of their big games, other than Penn State and Michigan State, are at home. Yeah, that makes a difference. Uh, who's who's going to be uh, Harbaugh's quarterback? Yeah, I, I think they'll know by the time you know they have to know before they go to Iowa. And as you know, this goes back to the Carr era, the Bo era. Michigan just has fits when they go to Iowa, and I'm guessing that game will be a night game. I'm guessing it'll be rabid. Um, you know, coming off the Big Ten championship loss, I'm guessing he's going to start Cade. McNamara early in the season, Carthy will sprinkle in, and I'm guessing Cade McNamara will start in that game. If it goes south, I mean, that could be where the switch happens. So, you know, that that's the first high-pressure game for the Wolverines that that quarterback controversy will really come to light. Is there a school in either the East or the West that's not picked to win anything uh, that may be, you know, hovering around a, a bowl eligibility season? Is there a team in your mind that's not getting the uh, the respect that it deserves that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, everybody's picking them towards the bottom? Like, I, I look at Tagliavoe in Maryland. He's, one of the, I think, one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I really do. And he stunk to join out against the Hawks. Um, but had his moments in the game, but it certainly had some bad moments. Is there a school that's you know not getting a lot of attention that you think is going to be better than most people think, and why? Well, you know, you kind of hit it. I, I sat near Tugvalo's uh, podium, and he talked at length about he's not one of those guys that remembers the really good game in the bowl game against Big Tech. He harped on how bad he played against Iowa, how bad he played against Northwestern the year before that, and how that drives him, and they can be a decent team in the Big Ten East. I don't know if they've got enough to beat the Hammers in the division, but I think they could be pretty solid. Um, I like Purdue in the West. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're a little bit better than the question you're asking. I think they're a bull eligibility lock, but Aiden O'Connell was on fire yet mm-hmm. toward the end of the season, and they had that spoiler makers kind of thing going with them. Mm-hmm. And you know, now now the question is, can they do it every week? Uh, is Minnesota, I mean, if it's not Wisconsin or Iowa, and I'm with you on Purdue, by the way, uh, but the two Iowa transfers I think are going to make a significant difference. Jones and O'Connell played, uh, they've got a, a major history together. Uh, where are you on the Gophers? Ibrahim is going to be back. It's been almost a year to the date uh, since, he, since he was lost, and he was such a gifted player and was doing some damage in that game as well before he got hurt. Uh, Morgan is back. I know they replace a ton of guys on the offensive line. The center comes back, but they grad transfers. Uh, Otman Bell's a terrific player. Where are you on the Gophers? Well, I think uh, the Gophers are going to have a pretty decent team. They're they're kind of under the radar to me. They they have to stay healthy. They've got a good offensive line. They've got, obviously, a super experienced quarterback in Tanner Morgan. I don't know how much more you'll get out of Tanner Morgan. I think he'll be pretty decent, but I don't know that he's a guy that you're like, oh my gosh, they're, they're going to be awesome with Tanner Morgan. Um that, but I say all that, and it's like, Ken, the years that I compete with Iowa and Wisconsin is the year that they, they, 
they snag one, right? And they're in there in November. So they'll be in that mix. And I think Purdue will be in that mix. And we talked about Nebraska. and But to me, it still just starts with Iowa and Wisconsin. Those are the Iowa, they have I always get the tougher schedule of the two, though. Mm-hmm. Bill, do you feel uh, a couple more minutes? We'll let you go. Bill Benner from the Sporting News. Could Ohio State run the table? I mean, could they get this through? Could they get through twelve and zero? They start with Notre Dame. Um, obviously, they finish with Michigan. Can they run the table? Oh, I think so. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was so as you know, I'm in Central Ohio, and mm-hmm. my buddies are big Buckeye fans, and I'd like to make fun of them because I'm like. You've literally lost two games or less the last ten seasons. So don't tell me it's hard to be an Ohio State fan. I mean, right. I think they're going to go twelve. I think they eleven and one is like worst case. Yeah. You know? And uh, you know, like I said, all the big games at home. Their offense led the nation in points and yards last year, and I think they're going to be better. I think the defense and just talking to Ryan Day and some, some players around the program. Their defense should be better. That was the problem last year. They couldn't stop the run. Mm-hmm. And if they can do that and avoid the Iowa game or the freaky Purdue game, uh, there's a very good chance they're going to be 12, 13 and 0 and rolling into the playoff as either the number one or number two seed. I uh, will uh, switch gears in our final couple of minutes here with you, Bill Bender, from the from the Big Ten to the Pac-12, where they're uh, getting set for for their media days. Klyavkov. Uh, he's going to be asked, I think, a, a bunch of, um, I mean, I don't know, difficult questions. Is but do you know that the uh, what what's it going to look like? Question is going to come up. What do you expect to hear from George Klyavkov? And if you're a you know a fan of what, if you're a Washington State Cougar, a Beaver of Oregon State, I I don't think you're sleeping very well at night. Um, what what do you expect to hear from Klyavkov when he meets the press? I mean, yeah, it's not going to be a. I don't want to say it's going to be like a funeral, but it's going to be a somber tone. I mean, you lost USC. I mean, that's the first school everybody thinks of with the Pac-12 since I've been alive. And, you know, now, you know, whereas the rumors are, okay, is the Big Ten looking at Oregon and Washington? And if you're Oregon and Washington, you want to be in the Big Ten more than the Pac-12 right now, I would guess, (laughs) because of the uh, money, the TV, the allure, the, the spotlight. So, Tough, tough for Klebkov because he came in with confidence, had a good plan when he came in, had the alliance, and like we make those Game of Thrones references, it was a, a knife to the back. Yeah, it sure was with his with one of the guys in that alliance who this time last year was posing for pictures uh, with Kevin Warren. How big of a talker in Indianapolis? I'm assuming just it was a media driven when you guys are you know finished or having a beer, you're all back in the room and you're uh, typing out your your stories. How big of a talker was realignment as far as with the Pac-12 and are they finished, uh, Bill? And and did you come away? Did you glean anything that uh, the potentially you could share with our audience? Or I mean, it's the networks ultimately are going to decide. What if any? did you learn i think they're not done but it might take a minute and, and i say that in terms of my colleague mike Corsi made a great point it, it's taken the big 10 30 about 35 years to go from the big 10 to the 16 team conference uh you know it started with penn state and nebraska and rutgers and maryland it's been incremental so but my counter to that is you know last summer we didn't think Texas and Oklahoma would be moving, or hmm. you, I definitely didn't think USC and UCLA would be moving. So I think they're not done. I think that 16-team playoff thing, enough people, like like you said, enough people are talking about it. It's probably going to happen down the road. 
And um, yeah, for the traditionalist, it's going to be a blow, but maybe maybe we have some new traditions in college football, and it makes the sport better. Who knows? I'm all for it. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thanks for giving me a few minutes. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it, Bill Bender. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Take Thank care. you, Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News on the ground in Indianapolis and uh, a weekly contributor to the Miller and Condon radio program. If you missed it earlier, the key word for this hour was bills, bills at kxno.com, your chance to win $1,000. Well, uh, Circus Sports uh, sponsors the next segment, Trent's Play of the Day. Trent's not here. I'm going to give you a team that I, up until I started to dig in, and I did last night to the NFL, that I wasn't, for for whatever reason, paying too close attention to. Not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're three, plus three-something to win their division. There is a, air quote, heavy head in that division. I, I'll give you a team that I think is going to be better than I thought they were, and I don't think I'm alone uh, when we come back, and that's what we'll, Circus Play of the Day will be. Uh, it's an NFL team. It's coming up next. Miller and Condon, one more segment to go here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Final couple of minutes here. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Play of the Day. Trent's not here. I don't have a play of the day. I've got a team that I've identified that I think is going to be better than I certainly did at first. I overlooked them. I picked Carolina to uh, as a sleeper, not to win the division, um, in the NFC South. The division that well, it's got Tampa Bay, right? And I and I know that I'm a. I, there should be a disclaimer, but I'm about to say betting against Tom Brady at your own risk. But I'm about to. I think the New Orleans Saints are a team that maybe deserve a little bit more love. Jameis Winston was hurt last year. Michael Thomas hasn't played since when? 2020. Been a long time, and was one of the best receivers in the game at the time. I know he had Drew Brees. He doesn't anymore. But Jameis Winston. Don't write him off. Alvin Kamara, here's the kind of caveat when you mention him. I think he's got some discipline coming from the league. We don't know what that's going to be. It's certainly not going to be season long, you wouldn't think. I don't know what it is, what it's going to end up being. But Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave joins that group. Tight end Troutman's okay. The offensive line is really, I think, Better than average with Ryan Ramzik anchoring the uh, right side and Hurst on the left side, Andrus Pete. I-, I think this is a good offensive line. I think they've got really good weapons, and I think they've got a decent quarterback. They're over under totals only eight and a half. They're 365 plus 365 to win the division. Doesn't Brady at some point in his career, I know it hasn't happened yet, but doesn't I mean, would you would you fall off your chair if Father Time finally catches up with him? Hasn't happened yet. He's about the only athlete he hasn't caught up with. Um, I think the Saints are a sneaky team, and I haven't even got to the defense. And they're they've got some dudes. And Tyron Matthew, yeah, not the same guy, right? Getting up there in age. 
but what he does in that locker room. This is a veteran player to go along with Latimer and, and company. Cameron Jordan still got something left in the tank. Uh, this is a good team, and they're in the right division. Atlanta, please. Uh, Carolina is going to win. I don't know, six or seven games. I took the over at, at six and a half. I wish I could refund that ticket and bet the Saints over eight and a half. Yeah, sign me up for that all day long. And plus 365 to win the division. They're 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. All right, tap the brakes there. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl winner resides in the AFC. Um, not sure what team it is in the AFC. It can make a case for a handful of them. But I think that that's where the Super Bowl is going to, the Super Bowl champion resides. But at plus 365 to win the division, uh, at plus, uh, it's, I think minus 115 at circa to win uh, more than eight and a half games. And when you look at the schedule, I mean, I see Atlanta there twice. I see Carolina there twice. Uh, I see Seattle on this schedule. It's not daunting, folks, is where I'm going. It's not daunting by any means. Uh, they play the Vikings, they play Seattle, um, Pittsburgh's on there. So it sure looks to me, you split with Tampa, you, you split with either Carolina or Atlanta, sweep the others, and here's the thing. They get their bye week very late. Their bye week is the 12th of December, that late in the season. Week 14, they're off. And when they come back, they play Atlanta at home. Win. At Cleveland? Okay. At Philly? Philly's going to be okay. And then finish at Carolina. I think that this is a team that I totally whiffed on. And uh, after 8.30 last night, I identified those New Orleans Saints as a squad that's got my attention. And Circus Sports has them uh, at 8.5 uh, as far as win total. they got alternate win totals as well. If you really like them. You can bet them to win more than nine and a half games and get better money. And I'm actually thinking of taking a taste at that, but I certainly will uh, to win the division at plus 365. So there's your circus sports play of the day. For me, anyways, it's the New Orleans Saints. Dennis Allen, now the head coach of Sean Payton, has moved on. What difference does that make? We shall see. Allen's been there a long time. Uh, coming up in an hour and, well, four minutes, Murph and Andy will slide on in here. The Murph and Andy show, of course, from one until three. They give way to the fanatics. Emery Songer uh, continues on. Not sure, uh, not sure who Emery's uh, co-host is going to be, uh, but he'll be on the air here today at 3 as Ross continues his vacation. He tweeted out a picture yesterday, and I couldn't agree with him more. There's something about having a shore lunch around the lake on a bunch of rocks with a campfire and some walleye that you just caught hours before, all filleted and... Uh, in the oil. Oh, baby, I can taste it now. It's been a long time since I've done that. But uh, anyways, the Fanatics coming up today at 3. I assume Barnstormer Weekly is over since their season is over? We don't know that. Uh, thank you to Tyler Allen. We know their season's over. I'm not sure where Joe Stacey will be here or not. That's going to do it. I'm running out of voice at just the right time. We're back tomorrow. Miller and Condi, you can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.